to Not So Molly Mormon Podcast. Hi, you guys, and welcome back. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. And we're back for another week. We still need to come up with some sort of tagline that we say after we say our names, because every time we're just like, yep, here we are. Yep, we're starting. we're here. So, uh... <laughs> Yeah, no, we definitely do. We'll work on that. Any any ideas, please send them in if you guys have some funny ones or Ooh, yeah, suggestions. Yeah, send us your tagline suggestions. I'd love Ooh. to hear <laughs> Anyway, so do you have any opening announcements, Sarah? Miss Sister Sarah. <laughs> Sister Sarah. <laughs> um... I don't think I do. I'm trying to think if there was anything really exciting that happened this week that we didn't talk about. I mean, last week we did not share a full episode, but Katie did share a mini episode that was amazing. Um, Thank you. And I believe actually we had, correct me if I'm wrong, because all the days run together for me. But it was an episode where Katie shared an article from one of our listeners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was her. It was it was a version of that. And she kind of broke it down into it was something that she had posted on her social media about mm-hmm. yeah her experience being Mormon and uh, an indigenous person. So, yeah, that was really nice. Thank you for sending that in and thank you to everyone for your really good feedback lately about our our episodes it's meant a lot yeah exactly and and we did have a list maybe more than one who requested that article so that was really great to hear people were so supportive of um our um, that listener who did send in which we know we know the name and I just want to yell it because in my mind we're best friends this person and I <laughs> and I kind of say that to people I'm like so I have this one friend and then I'm like actually I've never met this person but we're like best friends um anyway I know. it's really all cool to our see. friends yeah, yeah I mean you guys are all our best friends in my head but particularly like these the the articles that this person sends in um they're incredible and they're powerful. I mean, every story that we get that comes in just blows my mind each time. And I'm just like, wow, first of all, you guys are incredibly brave for sharing the story with us and the world when you say, hey, can you share my story on your podcast? I think that's really brave and amazing. So thank you for sending those in. And B, it's it's heart it's heart wrenching the stories because you you know that it's so painful and you're having to relive these moments as you share these stories. But I also am just like super happy to know that it's going to relate to someone on some level and help that person. So yeah. thank you guys for sending in your stories and for those who maybe don't, you know, share their stories, but are very supportive of those who do and even ask for the articles and ask for additional information. I think that's amazing. And we've, yeah, we've received a lot of supportive messages about the content we've been posting lately, which is really, really important in this time and forever. Um, not at this point. And so I'm glad that we have an amazing community and that we didn't lose a lot of followers because they were racist. So that was great. <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> um, I have one announcement Ooh. from our Patreon, our our beloved patron, 
Tana, I'm hoping I'm saying your name right, Tana, because that's how I've been saying it every single time. But she upped her pledge to us monthly. So thank you so much. That's amazing. And Sarah and I actually just finished recording an episode for the patron, the Patreon. um, And that's going to be up soon. So, yeah, thank you to all our patrons. Yes, many, many thanks. And Tana, thank you so much for upping your pledge. I did see quite a few of those. This maybe it wasn't this month, but the month before. And every time I got so excited and like wanted to burst into tears from gratitude because you guys I are know. amazing. So freaking uh, nice. It's really nice. And again, as always, thank you to those who aren't patron, even though you're not in a place to financially um, help support this podcast. You do it in many, many other ways, like, you know, sharing your stories and supporting us on social media, as well as on um podcast reviews Mm -hmm. i don't know what i'm trying to say but either way we we love all the support we get in any form so thank you everyone yes all the fills hashtag all the fills oh my god okay today we've we're going to be covering um the family a proclamation to the world and i think that this came to mind for us because all of june is um you know, Pride Month, but for basically every episode in June, we were covering, we were trying to uh, uplift black voices or voices of color over ours, and so this got pushed back just a little bit, but we'd been wanting to do it to celebrate Pride and just celebrate year-round LGBT issues, and this is a doozy when it comes to you know, basically saying that there's only one way to be, there's only one way to be married, there's only one way to identify. So we're, we wanted to get into that and kind of dissect it and bring up the problems in this proclamation that I'll explain what it is in a minute. But that's the basis of our episode today. Exactly. And just to highlight again, we, we, I mean, it's still very, um, Oh God, brain today. It's still a very relevant topic year round, but especially as Katie mentioned, you know, June is Pride Month, but also, you know, there's been so many horrible and just tragic deaths that have happened in the transgender community and often those who are black. So um, it's just so unfortunate that these two have combined meshed and it's just like, God, I... Black Lives Matter, plus, you know, you know, human equal rights for everyone. And then you get so much injustice and tragic, tragic, horrible things happening to people of color and and especially black um, transgender people. It's just, it's heartbreaking every time I open the news and see another tragic incident happening. It's just, it breaks my heart. Anyway, so yes, yeah, so it's very important that we cover this. And, you know, we would have loved to have had someone who can directly relate and talk to the spirit, uh, experience. And we in a no way, again, we just want to emphasize, we, we are in no way trying to talk over voices or um, talk for anyone who has gone through any of these experiences or tragedies or who are transgender and who... 
um, went through the church and, you know, went through all these horrible experiences in the Mormon church and out of it, we just didn't have, um, we didn't know anyone to speak, but we wanted to bring justice or bring this up and talk about it because yeah. it's important. So please, 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 if you know of anyone, if you are listening and you would love to share your story or be on an episode, please do because we are no no means are we representative at all. So yeah, we just want to use our platform. I've actually reached out to a couple of my friends and I think we'll schedule something in the works for a later date for an interview for them to tell their story. I just, it it was too quickly to get them on right now, but yeah, we do want to, like Sarah said, amplify those voices as well. Perfect. All right. Okay. So this proclamation is really shitty, you guys. (laughs) Um, So this, um, in this is obviously a Mormon thing. This proclamation, it was read, it was written by the First Presidency and read by the prophet at the time, Gordon B. Hinckley. It was part of his message at the General Conference Relief Society meeting in 1995. Um, oh, baby Sarah and, was seven. Oh yeah, little baby. Yeah, but see, that wasn't even that long ago. Um, <laughs> Before he read this, he stated that the purpose of it was to warn and forewarn the world to the danger of deviating from the church's standards. So, like, (laughs) ominous, right? Like, I'm warning you if you don't listen to me. Um, Man. Yeah. And this proclamation, everyone, is like, if you don't know, if you haven't been Mormon or whatever... This proclamation is so highly regarded. It's regarded as doctrine, and it's in most Mormon family households, it's framed and hung up in, like, their living room. So, it's Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I even had it in my parents, and my dad's not even... <laughs> yeah. Not even it's Mormon. very, very important to them. And when I was Mormon, I didn't really see the harm in it but now like almost every single sentence is like whoa really you're hanging this in your house okay all right so I think I'll just maybe I'll just read it I'll start reading it and we can react to it how's that sound sounds great okay the family a proclamation to the world from the first presidency and council of the 12 apostles of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints Wait, wait wait can I ask before you dig into this Yes. Is this still current doctrine? Like, do they still teach everything that's in this? Yes. Yes. And um, there's actually, I I went kind of down a rabbit hole about that because I wanted to make sure that I could back that up. And even on their website um, and on Fair Mormon, which is like the church's apologist site, they do say that this is regarded as doctrine and the things in here are still taught 100%. And even until like this year, they've been backed up by the apostles. So yeah, it's like 100% still it. Yeah. Yeah. In 2020, it's still the same. Yep. Okay. We, the First Presidency and the Council of the Twelve Apostles of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, solemnly proclaim that marriage between a man and a woman is ordained of God and that the family is central to the Creator's plan for the eternal destiny of his children. So, like, right off the bat, it's, um, yeah, it's only between a man and a woman. 
and it's very binary as well. There's no room for anything besides men and women in that statement. Mm. Um, okay, all human beings, male and female, they have to throw that in there, are created in the image of God. Each is a beloved spirit, son or daughter of heavenly parents, and as such has the divine nature and destiny. Gender is an essential characteristic of individual pre-mortal, mortal, and eternal identity and purpose. Oh, my God. I just, like, reading that makes me feel so sick. Like, gender, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, gender is an essential characteristic of you forever. So it's telling you that whatever you were born as is what you have to always be, like, no, I just uh-uh. want to rewrite this whole thing and just like change it. Just, you know, just tweak it and then send it back to the presidency and be like, you need to update your goddamn proclamation to the world. Ugh. Uh, it's, it's just like the terrible. gender you identify with, not with how you were born. And also like what we say with everything in the church, but especially this topic, I just want to say, mind your fucking business. <laughs> like. Know. It doesn't, how does, I just can't get my head around it. And this goes beyond the Mormon church, just in society in general. Why the fuck do you care if someone is born a certain sex or gender and decides that, you know, doesn't decide they are in fact identifying as another gender, then that's fine. Like, yeah. Why do people care their truth in their life? It doesn't affect you personally on any level. Like mm-hmm. their actions do not affect you. Just let them be happy and live their truth. That's how they Seriously. are. Like, they... It's out of control. Exactly. Mm. The first commandment that God gave to Adam and Eve pertained to their potential for parenthood as husband and wife. We declare that God's commandment for his children to multiply and replenish the earth remains in force. We further declare that God has commanded that the sacred powers of procreation are to be employed only between man and woman lawfully wedded as husband and wife. Like, Uh, uh, just how gross. Also, Adam and Eve aren't real, so fuck off. Exactly. Exactly. Um... Okay, husband and wife have a solemn responsibility to love and care for each other and for their children. Children are the herit- are an heritage of the Lord. Parents have a sacred duty to rear their children in love and righteousness, to provide for their physical and spiritual needs, and to teach them to love and serve one another, observe the commandments of God, be law-abiding citizens wherever they live. Husbands and wives, mothers and fathers will be held accountable before God for the discharge of these obligations. Hmm. Yeah. The family is ordained of God. Marriage between man and woman is essential to his eternal plan. Children are entitled to birth within the bonds of matrimony and to be reared by a father and a mother who honor marital vows with complete fidelity. Happiness in family life is most likely to be achieved when founded upon the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, like, how arrogant is that? Like, it's happiness in your life is going to be founded when you follow our church so every other way of belief like people just can't be happy what yeah but that's what they always teach and I so know thing like it's always and that's and that's how they guilt parents too you know they'll be like if 
your child leaves the church or commits a sin or is gay or transgender or anything outside of being a, I'm doing air quotes, perfect Mormon, then that's on you. That's your fuck up. Like as a parent, you have to make sure that they're this way and that way in order to be the perfect Mormon and to have happiness. Yeah. It's like so much ridiculous guilt and pressure place on Mormon parents who then filter that shit down to their children and cause all kind of trauma. Right. And did you pick up on the shame in there, how it was saying that children deserve to be raised by both a mother and a father? So like, if there's a situation where a divorce needs to happen, that they could be shamed into like staying together or staying in an abusive relationship Uh, because the church says that the children deserve to have the mother and father in the same house. Like it's just so, it's they're so controlling. Um, And you hear about that too. A lot of like Mm -hmm. Mormons will stay together just because of that. Or I have like, you know, friends who I always thought like their parents were like the perfect couple growing up or the perfect parents but then you like find out that they like hate each other but are just staying together because of this like pressure from the mormon church to be this perfect mormon family and that they can't divorce because children need both parents by divine design fathers are to preside over their families in love and righteousness and are responsible to provide the necessities of life and protection for their families. Mothers are primarily responsible for the nurture of their children. You guys. Yep. That's like all they say about mothers. This just makes me absolutely angry. Like how, like the gender roles and this. So yeah, it's crazy when people say they can be a progressive Mormon and then their mother has this framed in their house. Like, how do you read this and think that this is okay? <laughs> I just, it's it's mind-blowing to me because, especially, like, in the South, you don't have to be Mormon to have these, like, gender roles. Right, right, it's, yeah. It's just very much. And I always thought this way, like, you know, I'm going to get married. I will stay at home with kids and I'll do the cooking and the cleaning and making sure my hubby is just so happy every single day while he works. I thought that for a long time, but also I always felt this like internal, like I always had this internal battle where like my other side, the one that was always wanting to be ex-Mormon was like, but you want a career, you want equalness and like equality, equalness, equality (laughs) in your relationship. Like you want it to be a balance. You want both sides to put in effort And it's like, I'm so happy that that side won, but I can't imagine my relationship now being like how it was, like how I thought it was supposed to be, you know? Right. I know. The conversations are just so different. Like every, like, you know, we're very equal in our relationship and even talking about kids, it's like, you know, if that happens down the future, maybe I'll have the career, maybe not, you know what I mean? Or maybe we both do it and just manage it with adjusting our schedules to have you know, whatever it may be, it's like always a very equal dynamic and not this church like, you know, the church, what they're saying in this, that women are only good for popping out babies and nurturing them. That's it. That's it. And the husband is presides over the home. Okay. Oh, God. Okay. 
We warn the individuals who violate covenants of chastity, who abuse spouse or offspring, or who fail to fulfill family responsibilities, will one day stand accountable before God. Further, we warn that the disintegration of the family will bring upon individuals, communities, and nations the calamities foretold by ancient and modern prophets. We call upon responsible citizens and officers of government everywhere to promote these measures designed to maintain and strengthen the family as the fundamental unit of society. Whoa, I don't think I've ever noticed the government part in that. Yeah, isn't that crazy? They call upon the government to promote these measures, basically saying like, And I think that's why they get so involved in politics when it comes to LGBT rights and gay marriage and things and like just taking away rights from people who aren't like them is because they feel, yeah, it says right in there, the government should do this, which is so awful and overstepping in so many ways. That's, but that explains like the whole, oh, the church is so sneaky. They want to have their hand in the government. They want to control laws. They want to have laws created to fulfill their disgusting, horrible agenda. But yet they don't want to pay taxes. I know, right? Interesting. Like, yeah, come on, if you want to influence law, pay taxes. Yeah. Exactly. And they want to, like, you know, pretend that they're not, um, that they're unbiased and that, you know, <laughs> they don't encourage their members to to vote a certain way, but that's total bullshit. We all know that from Prop 8 and from multiple, right. multiple I was just going to say, yeah, I was just going to say the, the principles like established in here as doctrine in this proclamation, they were cited as the reasons why during the Prop 8 campaign that the LDS church, like that the leaders told the LDS church to vote that way in support of Prop 8 to take away rights of gay people to get married it was literally this document that they were like look like this is what our church stands for so we have to influence the law like no i hate it so bad oh god okay so that was the end of the document but i have i wanted to bring up some like more recent um quotes from leaders just to show that like yeah that was 1995 but it's still happening so Um, Just last year, just last June, Dallin H. Oaks, the uh, apostle who is next in line to be prophet, ew, Uh. um, he spoke at a devotional at BYU-Hawaii, and he said, quote, Along with these challenges and caused by them, we are confronted by a culture of evil and personal wickedness in the world. This includes the increasing frequency and power of the culture and phenomenon of lesbian, gay, and transgender lifestyles and values. What? So, yeah, it's like literally calling them, it's a culture of evil and personal wickedness to be lesbian, gay, or transgender. Wow. And he says it's their lifestyle. Like, they, come on, that's just who they are. It's not like it's not they're decided lifestyle. to be. Like, choice. I'm decided to be a minimalist vegan. That's a lifestyle. And actually, I didn't. No, I didn't do that. <laughs> but that would be a lifestyle choice. Like, just being yourself is not a lifestyle. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> being your truth, speaking your truth, and just being you. 
who like genuinely yourself, that's enough. Like this whole, oh, I just can't get over that. They say it's a lifestyle. It's yeah, not, I like, know. I always want to say to those people who argue that like you chose this and it's a choice and it's a lifestyle. Do you honestly think people in the LGBT community and like those who, I, I just can't imagine them being like waking up one day and be like, hmm. I think I'm going to choose to make my life as difficult as possible and go through in crazy intense discrimination and justices. I mean, think about all the recent news and, you know, like those black transgender people, unfortunately, who have been murdered, like all these things. Do you think they wake up every day and they're like, yep, that's what I want to do. That's my choice. Like, no, of course not. Like, they just want to be who they are. They just want to be themselves. And it's not like it's a trend or a trendy lifestyle that they want no. to choose. You know what I mean? It's just, it's so incredibly dismissive of what it's, these oh, people it actually, sorry, that sounded really harsh to say these people, but that community goes through on a daily basis to just be like, well, it's your lifestyle, so... It's, like, violent, actually, in my eyes, like, to just say that to them, and and to, it's, you're disregarding their entire existence. Exactly. And expecting them to just be like you, I, it's so oppressive. I have another quote last year, October, from the same asshole, Apostle Oaks. <laughs> he said, first, God created male and female. This binary creation is essential to the plan of salvation. Second, modern revelation teaches that eternal life, the greatest gift of God to his children, is only possible through the creative powers inherent in the combination of male and female joined in an eternal marriage. That's why the law of chastity is so important. Finally, the long-standing doctrinal statements reaffirmed in the family a proclamation to the world 23 years ago will not change. For example, the intended meaning of gender in the family proclamation and as used in church statements and publications since that time is biological sex at birth. Wow. Like, he just has to just hammer it home, saying, like, this will never change. This is God's plan of salvation. The only way you can be with God again, like, get saved and get to heaven is if you follow his plan and that means that whatever genitalia you were born with is what you have to identify with always and forever and if you don't there's something wrong with you like i fuck off and that there's only male and female like also fuck off like it's and he literally pointed out binary creation like we know that gender is not is not binary It's like just so crazy that they're still saying these things and people think that he's an apostle of God. I it's so hateful. Well, that's the thing is exactly what you're saying. It just the Mormon church, in my opinion, it represents hate. And by saying this kind of shit, you know, they're sitting there trying to say like, oh, we're all about love and charity and we want to help everyone and love thy neighbor you know what? That's fucking bullshit. No, because the things that you're saying is just complete hatred. Like it's not anything about love and acceptance and, you know, wishing equality for your neighbor. It's just literally spreading hatred and keeping the cycle going and brainwashing kids 
from a young age to think this and continuing with the older generation by feeding this type of hatred into society. It's absolutely ridiculous to me. Again, I just want to emphasize, why the fuck do you care? It's it's none of your goddamn business and it doesn't affect you. Just let people be who they want to be and that's it. Like, leave people alone. I don't understand. I don't. Are you ready to get even more mad? Uh, <laughs> yes. Okay, so this is from... The Mormon, the LDS, sorry, (laughs) the church handbook of this year. They made some updates this year. So 2020 LDS church handbook that's handed out to like stake presidents, bishops, all those people. So the official, official stance says church leaders counsel against elective medical or surgical intervention for the purpose of attempting to transition to the opposite gender of a birth of a person's birth sex, AKA sex reassignment. Leaders advise that taking these actions will be cause for church membership restrictions. Leaders also counsel against social transitioning. A social transition includes changing dress or grooming, changing name or pronouns, or to present oneself other than his or her birth at sex. Leaders advise that those who socially transition will experience church membership church membership restrictions for the duration of this transition. Restrictions include receiving or exercising the priesthood, receiving or using a temple recommend, receiving church callings. Although some privileges of church membership are restricted, other church participation is welcomed, a.k.a tithing like ew no they didn't say aka tithing but like that's what it is right like church participation is welcomed you can participate and pay tithing but you can't have callings you can't have the priesthood you can't go to the temple you'll if you just literally decide that you want to change your pronouns nope sorry you can't hear Mm -mm. wow i've never picked up on that but that's such a good point they'll still take your goddamn money but yeah, oh yeah, they will. You're never going to be accepted in the church, and you'll be considered a sinner. Yeah. Oh God, that guys. Um, and oh. if you like have surgery, like surgery to change anything, like in the terms of, I guess you know your whatever you want to change about your body, but in terms of like your birth sex changing that, then it's like full on, uh, in many cases, excommunication. Ah. Yeah. And it says, um, some children, youth and adults are prescribed hormone therapy by a licensed medical professional to ease gender dysphoria. Before a person begins such therapy, it's important that he or she understands the potential risks and benefits. If these members are not attempting to transition to the opposite gender and are worthy, they may receive church callings. So like even something as small as like your own personal decision to have hormone therapy is regulated by the church. That's disgusting. I like that's in their official handbook and I do- oh, I'm so mad. I'm so mad. Well, how about, this is the other thing that I just get so outraged by is that these progressive Mormons will be like, oh, no, the church is so progressive and like, you know, they love the LGBT community and they love every single person and they're so 
you know, they're moving forward in the right direction. Um, I'm sorry, this was 2020. This yes. came out in yes. 2020. Is this that productive? Like, I'm yeah, pretty, it's pretty like, sure it's not. They're saying, yeah, they want to be progressive and inclusive, but imagine being a transgender person and hearing this. Like, you do not fit with what you currently have, you know, on your body or whatever, and you want to change it, and that's your right to change it, or even to just change your pronouns or to change what you wear. Like, and if you do that, you experience church restrictions or punishment. I'm sorry, but that is so, I'm just like, my blood is boiling. It's so fucked up because it just perpetuates again the society of like women are to wear dresses and men are to wear pants. I I identify as a woman, but I sometimes don't want to wear women's clothes. Does that mean if I was a Mormon, like at that time, I'd be excommunicated? Like, uh, I mean, it's a whole thing of, like, you know, women wearing pants to church is a huge political statement, apparently. Yeah, yeah. But to me, it's it's so sad because I don't know how anyone could be true to their identity and they're feeling threatened, feeling their eternal salvation threatened if they are true to their identity and how that would conflict with, like, you're being taught that... Heavenly Father loves you and has a plan for you, yet you don't feel like you belong in this body. You know, you feel like you're not being allowed to actually be yourself. It's so sad to me. I I just don't understand, and I know I sound like a broken record, but a church that, you know, preaches so much about kindness and charity and love and acceptance yet it spreads this hate like it just blows my mind that you like that they can have this in 2020 doctrine and feel okay about this that they're teaching this that they're telling you that you have to be in this really tight conforming mold and if you don't fit in that then you're out of the church you're not accepted which I'm sure that if you're already thinking that you're a bit different, it would be nice to have your church community support you and you don't even have that. Like I, I've never, obviously I've not ever been able to relate on that level and it breaks my heart. Like you, I, especially as a young kid or as a teenager or young adult, like how conflicting and hard that must be to constantly pretend to be something that you're not just to fit into these holes in the church and to just feel like such a disappointment. Like it's, it's heartbreaking and it's just, it, it makes me so angry, but it also, and it just makes me so sad that, you know, there's so many, so many people in the Mormon church who don't feel like themselves and are trapped in this body or trapped in this way of, I'm doing air quotes, living um, because they have to please the Mormon church and either, you know, they're experiencing it right now or for our many ex-Mormon listeners, I, you know, I can't even imagine the trauma that you struggle with daily from being subjected to this kind of treatment and thinking and having to like, yeah, you might've left the church, but that's something that's still going to traumatize you that you're not good enough, that you're not, you're not accepting who I'm doing quotes you're supposed to be. 
you know, know. like that's a constant, I, I just, it breaks my heart. And this type of, this type of preaching and this type of like quote unquote doctrine is like you mentioned before, Sarah, it's spreading hate and it's filling people's minds up with the wrong ideas about people's identities. And it's causing so much harm, not only in like discrimination and hate crimes and violence, but also in suicide. And Mm. it's a really, really, really big problem. I mean, it's a big problem everywhere, but it's a really uh, even uh, more, I guess, extreme. I don't know if that's the right word. Problem in like the Mormon LGBT culture, because like you just said, they don't feel like they belong. And they don't feel like their heavenly father even cares about them and they believe in God and they, but they feel like they were left out of this plan. And, you know, that just, that makes my heart hurt so much. So yeah, I, I know, I want to reiterate what Sarah said. If any of you, I know that it must be so hard. And if any of you even are listening to this and struggling and trying to get out of the Mormon church, like we're here for you as much as, as much as you want to talk to us or write to us or whatever, because this is awful. And I, Sarah and I want to help in any way that we can, because the stuff that this church is spreading is very, very harmful. Extremely harmful. And yeah, exactly what Katie said. I mean, we're not going to pretend like we can relate on that level at all. And the same as we say with, you know, the previous episodes we've done, we're two white women, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we're, we haven't experienced this at all. Um, but we're always here to listen and we're always here to use our platform for your voices. So if you ever want to share your story or experiences or, you know, just use this time to amplify and and bring awareness to this horrific situation in the church right now and just in the world in general, the discrimination and hatred that continuously flies above the radar for the most Mm -hmm. part and under the radar. Um, Definitely reach out to us because, you know, this is what we want from the beginning and what we wanted from the beginning with our, with our podcast is to, you know, we can talk about our experiences and what we've gone through because it's happened to us. But mm-hmm. more than that, we want to use this platform for those who don't have the opportunity um, to share their experiences or don't have a platform. Maybe they would love to, or you would love to, or you, hell, you probably have a better podcast than we do. But you just want to share it everywhere, and we are happy to do that. Like, that is what um, we hope we can do for everyone in our community, and um, especially with situations like this. It's just, it's it's awful. And I know that we're not going to change the world in a day, and we're not going to change the way people see in a day. But, you know, I think 2020 has shown a light on a lot of areas that people just pretended to overlook and a lot of horrendous things that are happening in the world with racism and injustices and inequalities and discriminations. And I don't think you can hide those anymore. And that includes the Mormon church. 
Mm-hmm. So, so this is a time where we really want to use our voices as much as we can, but more importantly, those voices from those who matter the most, and especially during this cause and in this these times to, yeah, to be be the the shoulders that carry. The yeah, head. yeah, yeah. Um, before we wrap up just on like a bit of a lighter note, I wanted to share something that I found. It's a National Geographic documentary and you can find it on YouTube. That's where I kind of stumbled across it on YouTube. If you search growing up transgender and Mormon, it will pop up and uh, I'll leave a link to it in like our show notes, but I'm going to read the little the little like promo blurb that came with it because this I think describes what it is really well. So it says Eri Hayward was born as a boy in Utah and raised in the Church of Latter-day Saints. Filmmaker Torben Bernhard shot this poignant short film Transmormon just before she flew to Thailand for sexual reassignment surgery. In the piece, she and her family talk about the long and often painful journey it took to recognize and embrace her transgender identity and the role their faith played along the way. Being LDS was our life, she says. It's one of the reasons I didn't find out about what being trans was until I was an adult. And so it's pretty short. It's under 15 minutes, but I sobbed like a baby. It's so absolutely beautiful. So go watch it because I... Yeah, her words say it all. And she has some really lovely parents who are Mormon, but so kind and sweet. And it it's it was so nice. So, so good. <laughs> oh, I definitely want to watch this now. Yeah, I'll send you the link and I'll I'll leave the link for all you too. But awesome. yeah, that's all I have in my notes. But I don't know if you want to add anything else, Sarah. <laughs> um. Yeah, just one other thing, as always, Katie and I are always, um, wow, could I use always more than one more time? (laughs) Um, We want to stress and emphasize that we are continuously learning and growing and educating ourselves. So if at any point in this episode, and I'm speaking just to myself. Oh, me too. Include me. Include me. (laughs) I just want to emphasize if I, you know, if either of us said anything that was insensitive, factually incorrect, maybe not politically correct, or just anything that we weren't using the right terminology, or I may have said something that was not sensitive or was not helpful in bringing awareness, please, you know, let us know. I I don't think it's your responsibility, and I, I want to emphasize that part, too. It's not your responsibility to educate us. We can do that ourselves. But... Um, if you have noticed in this episode that we did something that was insensitive or incorrect or anything like that, um, please correct us because otherwise, um, I'll keep making the same mistake and I don't want to do that. I want to make sure I'm fully aware and I'm listening to feedback and I am, you know, applying it to my life and not just saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I do definitely want to do better and I know Katie does feel the same Mm -hmm. way. So Don't be afraid. Don't think we're going to be offended. I know I joke all the time and say if I get any type of corrections on a mess in a message that I'm just going to say fuck off. Of course, that's a joke. (laughs) I'm not being serious. Um, I'm only saying that to trolls who are Mormons who send me shit. 
Um, <laughs> but if you're a listener, then of course you can send away all the things correcting me. Yes. Um, but in all seriousness, we definitely want to to make that clear because we're human and we make mistakes. But I definitely don't want to use that as an excuse and to right. correct anything that we have um, said without thinking or without knowing. So right, same that's same. What I wanted to say. <laughs> Good one. All right, brothers and sisters, and non-binary people, because we're not assholes, so exactly. (laughs) we hope you all have a good week, and we will see you next time. Yes, we love you lots, and have a fantastic week, and uh, keep celebrating Pride all all year long. Keep keep on keeping on. Keep on. Okay. Bye. Bye.